Blog Talk Radio. You know, every time I speak, I want the truth to come out. You know what I'm saying? Every time I speak, I want to shiver. You know, I don't want them to be like, they know what I'm going to say because it's polite. They know what I'm going to say. And even if I get in trouble, you know what I'm saying? That Ain't that what we're supposed to do? It's, I'm not saying I'm going to rule the world or I'm going to change the world, but I guarantee that I will spark the, the, the brain that will change the world. to have personal responsibility, political accountability, and corporate culpability. We must eliminate poverty. I don't care what color the person a child. Your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with special guest co-host Ashley Alfred Johnson. How are you doing, Queen? And welcome to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show for all the truth seekers out there. We are the return of intelligent radio as we ensure the free flow of opinions and push the envelope on the questions America's afraid to ask in the mainstream media. Thanks for being back in the saddle, as I always call it, with, with the Queen. Uh, definitely glad to to, to, to chop it up with you as we do on the Mental Dialogue Show. We also have a special guest, returning guest, uh, Marilyn Oduini, on the line with us as well. So hello to both of you. Uh, Ashley, if you will, say hello to the Truth Seekers, and uh, we'll introduce our uh, special guest uh, again as you come back to the Mental Dialogue Show with us. No problem. Hey, how's everybody doing? Thank you, Montoya, as always, for having me. Nah, perfect, perfect. Uh, Marilyn, if you will, again, thank you for being back with us. Uh, you are the catalyst for this morning's discussion question. I'll go ahead and let the cat out the bag. Postpartum, after the baby, how can black men help? Postpartum, after the baby, how can black men help? If you will, Queen, say hello to the truth seekers. Give people a little bit of your background. And I'll also let people know, in particular, why I asked Ashley to do this particular show, because she has a, a, a vast background as well. But go ahead, Queen. Uh, good morning, everyone. Um, thank you, Montoya, so much for having me. My name is Marilyn Aldoini. Um, I am a a uh, parenting coach, but the, um, the the purpose for this show really aligns with my some of the other hats that I wear, which is as a postpartum doula, as well as a holistic nutritionist. I actually have um, a doctorate in her, as a holistic MD, and. I love working with um, women and children, particularly black women, and I'm just great to be here, grateful, I should say, to be here um, talking about this this morning. Now, a very important issue, and Ashley, again, is my co-host 
Um, again, Queen, you wear many of your hats, but you you are a mother of two, but of a recent newborn. So you're, in my opinion, the perfect person right. to co-host uh, this show. And then when you hear uh, Marilyn's background, I think it absolutely re- relates to how you chose, in a sense, from what I understand from following you on social media, how you, in a sense, chose to bring, you know, your son here. So, Queen, thank you again for being with us. And you could give a little more of your background, you know, if you choose. But, again, that's the relevance to this morning's discussion, if you will. Go ahead, Queen. Right. Thank you so much. Um, So, yeah, mother of two, entrepreneur, just had a baby in July. So super excited to have this conversation. Nah, absolutely, absolutely. Again, this morning's discussion question, postpartum after the baby, how can black men help? I always like to start the show pretty simply. And so, Ashley, we'll start with you as the guest co-host. And it's basically, I asked you, say, hey, here's the show. I want you to come on. Here's the title. So if you could recall your first thought, not the deeper thought thereafter and what you plan to say for the rest of the show, if you will, but just, hey, here's the show. Here's the title. Can you recall your first initial thought from that question in particular? My first initial thought was I have no idea. (laughs) I think moms (laughs) really don't. We don't consider exactly how to let somebody help. We know we need the help, but we really don't know how to, I guess, articulate the kind of help that we need. So I was pretty excited to have the conversation and to actually figure that out for myself. Hey, and it's beautiful to hear that that was your thought. I didn't know that would be. I'm actually, believe it or not, as a man, you know, don't have any children, but I'm not surprised to hear that and I was excited for, believe it or not, for that very reason, knowing that we were going to have Marilyn on, that it would be a great opportunity for you again as a, uh, again, you know, newborn child in your life trying to figure it out. I thought it would be a great opportunity to hear from someone like a Marilyn. So I'll bring it back to you, Marilyn, if you will. Um, you, you know, approached me about, well, I think I approached you a few weeks ago saying, hey, this seems like something we should discuss, you know, within the Mineral Dialogue community. And um, you reached back out and said, hey, ready to discuss it. Um, but I'll say it to you as well once you heard how I worded it, because, again, you didn't know how I would, right? So when you heard how I worded right. it, can you recall your first thought to that question being asked that particular way, how can black men help? My first thought um, was excellent, you know, excellent. <laughs> I was so excited that you chose to phrase it that way because, that's um, something that is so needed and is a and is very often overlooked, especially within our community, um, with everything that with the dynamics, especially with the dynamics that we have going on within our community. And um, and just like Ashley uh, said just now, a lot of times even within our relationships and from our partners, we don't really know how to um, to verbalize what exactly it is that we need. We aren't always being clear on what it is that we need and what our men can do to support us. So I was really excited um, hearing that that was, you know, the the angle that you chose to go with it. Uh, Pretty cool. Uh, Also, I got one comment uh, from one of our regular listeners, um, Mustafa Mahdi, and I'm just going to paraphrase some of what he said. I think this is a fair comment because as I started promoting it a little more this morning, I actually phrased the question just a little different, trying to get some, uh, you know, insight or get people to be attentive to this show. 
And so mm-hmm. even in me choosing to, in a sense, word it that way after the baby, how can black men help? My first thought definitely went to the men that are there trying to figure that out. Uh, I, you know, mm-hmm. obviously it's not something we were capable of doing. Y'all, in a sense, have the babies. And, and, and as I said in the write-up, everybody's focus is on that child, rightfully so, right? But mm-hmm. to understanding that quite often the mother's needs goes unmet, if you will, while the man is there mm-hmm. is trying to figure it out. In most cases, uh, trying to understand it is because we don't experience it to a certain extent. We don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. But the flip side of it, as you mentioned, Marilyn, the idea of our culturally what's happening in our community, the other concept mm-hmm. is the idea that there are plenty of mothers who are going through this experience without the father of the child, whether it be marriage or just them being there, living together. That's a reality that mm-hmm. brings this, you know, to a different level. So, one, what can men do that that are there that are trying to step up and be there and do their part, not knowing what to do is one aspect. And then just mm-hmm. even thinking about, you know, in a sense, that woman who may not have that support, what does that look like for her? So I think it's an opportunity to dev in both places uh, from, you know, again, from my perspective in asking the question, you know, in that particular way. So what we're going to do, we're going to go to a, a quick break. Yeah, we'll go to a quick break. And when we come back, we will get hot and heavy into this morning's discussion question. Postpartum, after the baby, how can black men help? Again, that question is postpartum, after the baby, how can black men help? We will open up the phone lines in the next segment as well. We'll be right back. All I ask is that you think. My name is Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. I am the owner and facilitator of the Mental Dialogue Community Support Group focused on practical solutions and the collective thinking of the black community. We do that one of two ways, every third Friday, 7 p.m. at Urban Grind, or Saturday mornings, the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Contact us at mentaldialogue.com or on Facebook at Mental Dialogue. All I ask is that you think. Big Sis Media Group is a full-service design agency with tools available to help clients communicate with audiences through visual and digital media. So what exactly does that mean? You need graphic design? Call Big Sis Media. You need web design? Call Big Sis Media. You need audio or video production? Call Big Sis Media. You need a branded strategy for your business? Call Big Sis Media. Damn, they do everything, don't they? Nope, even better. They're professionals. Whatever service you need, they do a consultation, send over a contract with a deadline, and meet that deadline. A true one-stop shop for all your digital and media needs, all at an affordable price. What's their website and phone number? BigSysMediaGroup.com. 404-465-4348. Again, that's BigSysMediaGroup.com. Dot com. Call them at 404-465-4348. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with special guest co-host Ashley Af- Af- I'm sorry, Afro Johnson, as well as special guest Marilyn Odwini. This morning's discussion question, postpartum, after the baby, how can black men help? And we'll start pretty much 
uh, where you went started up, Ashley, from the idea of when I asked you, hey, what did you think? You said, hey, I don't know what to do. So, hey, we have Marilyn, uh, uh, in a sense, a, a mother of a newborn, trying to figure this thing out. So I think we'll just kind of start there with your background and expertise. Uh, you know, how do you begin to help her answer that question as she's, in a sense, going through this as we speak from, from, from my understanding? Um, absolutely. And I can definitely relate because I just, I have a newborn myself that just turned one month old. <laughs> so I'm kind of in the midst of it um, um, at this point in my life as well. So it's like very relevant. And um, one of the most important things that need clearly after the work, you know, the labor of giving birth is rest. And one of the greatest things that any man in a woman's life, whether it's her husband, her partner, um, or just part of her support network, is to create as many opportunities for um, the mother to rest as possible. And um, immediately after rest would uh, also be um, her nutrition. And a lot of times that's something that is very much overlooked is, you know, it's clear to a lot of people that rest is necessary. Um, and, but how long, how much rest is needed and how long it can continue for even to women is unclear. When I, you know, had my first children years ago, I wasn't even sure, you know, how much, how much help I needed, how much rest I needed, what I needed to eat and how important it was that all of that was prioritized. Because again, as you said before, and I say all the time is that, once the baby gets here, the shift, you know, during pregnancy, it's all, you know, the mother, what do you need? And, you know, we're making sure that she eats right because it's clear and it's understood that her health has a direct impact on the health of the child that she's growing inside of her. So there's a lot of focus on making sure that the mother is healthy and the mother is rested. Um, at least ideally there is because there are plenty of situations in which the mother isn't even getting that much support during pregnancy. But just, you know, um, best-case scenario, she is getting that support during pregnancy. Once the baby is here, it's kind of, you know, forgotten. The shift, you know, of focus goes to the baby. Um, but what a lot of people tend to overlook is that the health of the mother is still paramount to the health of the baby because when you have a healthy, happy, rested mother, she is able to give the best of her resources to that baby because that baby's survival depends primarily on her being well. So I would say the top two most important things that the father can provide um, or the man in her life and the men in her life can provide would be opportunities to rest and making sure that the mother is well-nourished on many, many levels. Um, and I can go even deeper than that if I have the time, is that um, traditionally for me, speaking from my own experience and many women that I know, that um, the first, let's say, six weeks, um, 40 days, I should say, is what um, and, and, and my, traditionally in my family and my culture that has been given to women. They're considered that you are still very vulnerable in those first six weeks, and really women are vulnerable for a year to 18 months it can take to heal completely from the process of giving birth. Um, and when it comes to um, postpartum-related or postnatal-related deaths, 
and women, that can go up to a year. Anything that's, you know, birth-related that happens within the first year, women are still very, very much vulnerable to, um, to health issues and to death, you know, when it comes to within the first year mm-hmm. after giving birth. So it's really, really important that we kind of refocus our attention because when the mother is healthy, the child more than likely will be healthy. And I don't want to derail that. I don't know how much time I have, Montoya. Yeah, because I can go on and on. Um, well, Queen, now, Queen we, we, yeah, we all here for a couple. Yeah, no, 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 no mm-hmm. I don't mind it because, again, I think a lot of us are here to learn. And this is something mm-hmm. that you teach. Uh, you know, obviously, you're mm-hmm. in the process with a one-month-old as well, so you're gonna be able to give the, mm-hmm. you know, that experience firsthand. So, I'm one thing that I thought about. I wanna, I definitely wanna let Ashley jump in here because, again, she's in a sense mm-hmm. that that new mother wanting to, you know, ask about some of the things. So I definitely wanna hear her thoughts on it. But there's one thing you just mentioned. I just wanted to, I, I want, I'm, make, I'm making an assumption here just because you mentioned it. Uh, the idea mm-hmm. that, unfortunately, uh, we know, for example, uh, black mothers in particular. Uh, you know, that the United States has a, a problem with, unfortunately, the number of black mothers who die while giving um, birth. So is it fair for me to assume what you, the situation you just laid out, even the within the year time-related frame, that that's probably – is it fair for me to assume that that issue, unfortunately, uh, is is higher within our community as well? Is that, and, again, I'm just making an assumption um, because, I, mm-hmm. again, I think that is a small part you know, of this as well. And I, it just made me think of that when you asked that, is it, is it fair to assume that, you know, our sisters are running into problems even within this country in in reference to, you know, in a, like I said, birth-related deaths even after the birth? Is that is that a, is that a truth? And, again, that's just an assumption I'm making. Absolutely, absolutely. Because a lot of what um, many times the complications of birth don't become, you know, fully apparent until well after the birth. So, um, and and um, just part of the reason why black women are so susceptible, so vulnerable um, in the system is, you know, first of all, there's, the system is inherently racist. And they believe that, you know, black people, but especially black women, don't feel pain at the same level as um, as other women, you know. And that, and also when we, when we, um, that we're having a problem, we just don't get the same kind of care, don't get the same kind of attention. We're not believed. Um, we have, whether by the medical system or sometimes even, you know, uh, our, our, within our own families, our complaints are not taken seriously. And even ourselves, we can tend to downplay because of that mindset that we have about ourselves and each other. We can downplay our pain. We can downplay, you know, our needs just to keep pushing through, you know, and being, you know, strong women, quote-unquote, as we're always expected to be. And um, we don't have that kind of support um, within the system. So a lot of times during birth, we have, of course, the obvious complications uh, that can happen during birth, but those things persist even in the weeks and months and a year and more beyond um, the actual birth. And those things aren't given the same attention with us as it is for other women, particularly for white women. And um, so our numbers are definitely those numbers. The numbers of women who die within the year after birth are actually part of the numbers of um, okay of birth related, you know, uh, death. Okay, um, got it. I didn't realize they were part of it. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, nah, that makes yeah. sense. I mean, here's the reality. Uh, whether people recognize it or not, but, you know, the U.S., 
quote unquote, and I'll just use this term lightly, but of developed countries, supposedly, in a sense, we are last in reference to uh, was it mother mortality rate? If I'm saying that correctly, um, Ashley, yeah. please jump in. You know, obviously, you know, being in your position, uh, any questions that you have, again, for Marilyn, who again, teaches this to other mothers. So wherever you want to go or related, you know, related to anything she just said, please jump in, please. Oh, definitely. Um, I absolutely agree with just her whole idea of how people just don't acknowledge black pain in general. Like you're always assumed to be strong. I remember I, I mean, I've had two kids, so my first delivery was completely mm-hmm. different from my most recent one for that very reason, because my hospital experience just, I, I just was so uncomfortable the entire time because you as a black woman coming in knowing this is my birth plan, I'm not straying from it, and having to just constantly combat Western medicine, doctors who are telling you what their plan is versus your plan, and just overall just not being believed. I felt like my mm-hmm. hospital experience was compounding my, my stress yeah. of my pregnancy to where I couldn't even enjoy it. Mm-hmm. And I just, I made a determination for the second time around that I I wasn't going to do it that way. I was going to do it at home. I was not going to be stressed. I was not going to add that added anxiety. And, um, of course, this time around, I was pregnant during COVID. So it, it it took that whole hospital element to the next level of just, it was already bad the first time. I can't even imagine mm-hmm. women who are right. delivering in hospitals this time around. Mm-hmm. It it just was not going to work out for me. I know they were yeah. telling me, you know, they were scheduling C-sections just off the bat. Um, I was scheduled mm-hmm. to be induced three to four weeks early for some strange reason that they couldn't even <laughs> explain to me on top mm-hmm. of, you know, like she was just saying, Marilyn was just saying, we need the support. And during COVID, I don't know if you know, um, the father is not even allowed to accompany you. So the father couldn't come to um, ultrasound. Mm -hmm. Uh, Even in delivery, you were only allowed to designate one person to be there. Mm -hmm. And kids Mm -hmm. couldn't couldn't even be in the hospital at all. So, you know, I have an older child who would not Mm -hmm. have been able to attend the birth of her sibling, not even to visit after the baby was born. Mm-hmm. Wow. And then I think the final straw for me was when they told us that um, we would all have to get COVID tested, and if anybody tested positive, we would have to quarantine from the baby for 14 mm-hmm. days. And I just, Ooh. absolutely not. Yeah. And then um, we would have to deliver the baby with mask on. So all mm-hmm. of that, <laughs> I, I absolutely was not going to do. And I was already apprehensive because of my first experience. So it it was just a lot. It was a lot. Um, Western medicine, I, I, I just pressed for black women to get black doctors. I mm-hmm. searched high and low in Atlanta for a black OBGYN when I found out I was pregnant because of that fear of if something goes wrong, I was already being high risk. So I was already having to see multiple doctors, and I just felt like if they weren't going to listen to me, I was going to do it by myself. And that's what I ended up doing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ah. And, and just so you know, you how... 
just letting everybody know, uh, Marilyn's baby is on the show with us, giving her giving the input as well. So we're good with that. But go ahead, Queen. Please respond to Ashley. Well, that was actually Ashley's baby. Mine, thankfully, is asleep right oh, now. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> that's mine. Right. Well, yeah, bring the babies to the table. Okay, my bad. Uh, Marilyn, I, well, you had gave we me have. heads up. We were going to showcase your baby. I'm good with you, Ashley, too. We good with that. Just let everybody know. We good with that. Hey, they can hey, That's what the show is about, right? <laughs> Right. <laughs> so go ahead, man. I'm, I'm sorry. I, yeah, I just assumed we already knew yours was coming. It's all good. <laughs> so, um, as I was saying, I can't tell you how um, absolutely common like, that's the norm. Her, her, what she just said, including for myself and my previous um, pregnancies, just feeling completely um, powerless, railroaded. And if you are not knowledgeable enough, and if you aren't able to advocate for yourself um, uh, in the system, especially for younger mothers, um, younger black mothers, especially, you you know, the birth experiences, it's, it's, it's a nightmare for so many women. And the worst part of it is that so many of us entering the system, having our babies, aren't even aware of how we are being um, essentially victimized by the system. You know, we're not even aware of it. And when you do become aware of it, there's, I was a doula, a uh, pre, post, um, a prenatal doula for many, many years. Actually, um, I did prenatal and postpartum. I decided to, um, to dedicate my work as a doula to entirely postpartum just because of the high level of need that exists in that area. You know, there's a lot of, you know, doulas um, out there now, which I'm grateful for, black doulas that are focusing in the prenatal space. There aren't as many that are giving high-level focus um, or long-term focus in the postpartum space, and that's been my focus for the last few years is um, being able to help create that foundation of support postpartum for black women in particular. But going back to um, what I was saying, working in the hospitals um, as a doula, there is so much hostility from doctors. Um, they are doing everything that they can right now to push doulas out okay. of the hospitals, keep doulas out of the hospitals because mm. we're there to advocate for women. And they really want women to be as, you know, as kind of like, um, um, uh, yeah, as uh, disempowered and docile as possible. And they just want to be able to do what they want. The doctors, their focus is their own time. It's like, you know, it's like a, um, what do they call it? The, the it's, a, it's a assembly line, I should say, basically is how they want to roll out these births in these hospitals. And, you know, so that, that's why they just to go ahead and C-section instead of allowing births to um, labor to take on naturally. Exactly. Right. And, you know, our bodies know what to do. But because the doctor wants to be home in time for dinner or they want to be on that plane to go on vacation or to get their tea time, you know, they um, want to schedule it they pick you know, your and date. make it easy right. for themselves. Exactly. They pick your due date for you, you know, to say, okay, yeah. this is what is going to happen, and it makes it easy for them and predictable for them. Um, but that's not what birth is. But unfortunately, we have a system that wants to, um, you know, take away our our voice in that area. And, um you know, I ended up leaving the hospital space because it was too much, you know, I just did not want to continue to deal with that constant battle with doctors. And I um, focused on home birth 
for um, many years, you know, after that, um, which was, you know, much easier. And um, for me, you know, there, uh, there are plenty of doulas that are still working in the hospital space, and there's a great need there. But um, like I said, because of the hostility and the effort from, you know, the medical system to push doulas out and make it harder for doulas to work in the hospitals, it's just, you know, there are many doulas who are starting to leave the space like I did years ago. So it makes it even harder. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Right. No, no, no. Um, what I wanted to ask, we've got a couple of minutes before the next break, and we continue to start if necessary. Um, but as, as I listen to both of you explain this, definitely sounds horrible. I mean, just being real with you. Uh, but I can imagine, you know, as you mentioned, Ashley, your first experience and, and how, you know, it's not like every day we have a baby, right? So we talk about how mm-hmm. much as you as the woman or the mother have trouble either figuring out how to advocate for yourself. Uh, but in the event that mm-hmm. I, I am there as the man and wanting to help through this and, you know, Ashley, you obviously made a, a a, sounds like a great decision versus going to the hospital um, this time around. But in the event mm-hmm. that, again, we say, how can black men help? Uh, in the event that I want to assist uh, my wife and, you know, now having the insight that we that we have with you, Marilyn, uh, how do I mm-hmm. begin to help if I, you know, am fortunate enough to marry and, and now have a child, you know, and get, you know, pregnant and have a child? And, you know, if let's say I decide to go to the thing. hospitals, what does it look like for me as a man? What do I, What does that look like? As a matter of fact, um, let's do this. we got about a minute. So let me go to the break early because I don't want to cut this thought off. So I'm going to go to the break early just so that you can okay. give the full thought coming out of break, if you will. All right. Uh, Brother Pianchi, I see you out there listening. So we're going to answer a couple of these questions. We're going to get you in as well. For anybody out there on the phone lines that want to get in, we've got some people out there. You do have to press 1 to let us know you want to speak. If you're online, the number to get in is 646-787-1691. Again, that number six four six 646-787-1691, and press 1 to let us know if you want to speak. We'll be right back, but all I ask is that you think. Supporting my woman in this effort, 
and and now that we understand again to a certain extent the system is not particularly into black women's favor if you will based on what i've heard you say um, how do i help walk my lady through that situation if i if i'm going through this experience um so i'm here asking me one of the most important things that um uh, a man can do for the mother is again, like I said, provide plenty of opportunities for us to be available and being as supportive as possible. One and be protective, I think, is something that we exactly. miss out on a lot. You know, be protective of this time and her space because you have a lot of well-meaning people, you know, coming to you know visit and who want to see the baby and whatever else. Especially in normal times, right now, it's probably not as not as easy to make that happen. But um, but. A lot of times people come in and they want to see the baby and they are creating more work, honestly, for the mother. Because as women, especially a lot of times when you have guests in the house, your automatic um, response is to want to kind of, you know, support and entertain and whatever the case may be. But, you know, as, as the father or as the man, you know, protecting her space and keeping people, you know, kind of at bay. Um, from wanting to come, and they're not coming to 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 help in some way, you know. Really, you know, and just holding the baby for the mother is not really help, <laughs> you know, because she's good with the baby. She's got to nurse the baby, and she's, you know, that's her space right now is that baby. But if people are going to come over, make sure that they're actually there to provide real support, whether it's that, food, let me jump, it's let me jump cleaning. in real quick, Marilyn. Um, and mm-hmm. I hate to do that to you, but and I'm, I'm and I, I definitely love what you're saying now. I'm talking about just even in reference to having to advocate in the system because it sounded like when oh, I heard y'all okay. stories, yeah, you know what yeah. I mean. I heard your, when I heard y'all stories, yeah. like even Ashley when she mentioned her first time around. Mm-hmm. It, I don't yeah. know the whole scenario, but it sounds like she kind of was going that through the, through that herself. And I'm just saying, as yeah. the man I'm who surprised. you know, right. like, like a lot of Absolutely. like, yeah, you know, what I'm saying? like sometimes some men will just say, okay, mm-hmm. well, the professional said that. You know, he, he mm-hmm. you know, like he might just take the no. lead because the professional mm-hmm. says this because he doesn't know any better. Absolutely. So I'm saying, what is it? You know, okay. like, how do we walk you through the debt? Yeah, yeah, no, no, no problem, no problem. I want to, yeah, I want to understand mm-hmm. how we advocate even at that point. I, we definitely get to the after mm-hmm. the birth period too, but I just wanted to at least yeah. get some input as a man because we don't know what to do with that. You know what I mean? If that makes sense. It's true. Know as much as possible, be as educated as possible, and be part of the birth planning with your wife or with your partner and make sure that you understand exactly what her needs are in that time, what her desires are in terms of her birth experience, and then you just have to um, really uh, stand up to these doctors because when it's women alone or when they feel like the man is not as active in that space, and I say this even as a doula in that space, a lot of times when it's us as women, as birth workers in that space, a lot of them, you know, and they'll try to, you know, push back at us a lot. But uh, even from my most recent birth experience, I was uh, going into, you know, to the doctor's appointment and into the um, birthing center and things like that. My husband's presence made a big difference, being there, being present, and being in the mix. They, they are them. not as likely. Absolutely. Exactly. It changes how they treat the woman when they know that the man is mm-hmm. actively present and knows what's going on and is going to be there to advocate for her. You know, that you put a little bass in your voice when you're talking to them, and they will definitely <laughs> right, right. <you> know, <laughs> step back and make sure, because they know that she's protected. And that's one of the things that we talk about a lot when it comes to black women is 
that um, we experience we a lot of the, um, of the violence that we experience within the mm-hmm. system because a lot of times they see us as being unprotected. You know, we're there by ourselves or it's just other women that are there supporting us. And when there's no man present, you know, that they, that, um, that, that brings that presence. You know, they feel like they can just do whatever mm-hmm. they want and they can run all over us. You know, so let that's me, yeah. Let me jump, Ashley, here. No, no, it makes sense. Ashley, give a, mm-hmm. if you will, Ashley. Um, I think that was you were fortunate to have that experience. If I, if I, when I, you know, getting some eyes from outside looking mm-hmm. in. But if you could just even speak to that briefly, and then we'll definitely get into the afterbirth and definitely um, talk to these callers. We've got a bunch of callers on the line as well. Uh, but, yeah, Ashley, if you could just kind of briefly oh, mention absolutely. what that was like this time around versus maybe your first time around, if you would. Yeah, I absolutely think that black women are extremely vulnerable when they perceive that you're you're by yourself. But it goes one of two ways, even in that aspect, because you can either be um, vulnerable and meek and docile and be taken advantage of, or you can be like me. You know, I'm pretty assertive, and because I'm mm-hmm. assertive, I turn into the, the angry black woman. And then that's mm-hmm. how they treat you in the medical mm-hmm. system. So now you're 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 being difficult if you're asking for certain things or um, mm-hmm. you're not being amenable to what they need you. It, it's it's just a very stressful time. So mm-hmm. the presence of a man, you know, they respect the presence of a man more than they respect the presence of a woman, even though we're the one having the baby. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I would say just to be on board with the birth plan and to be just as assertive and just as, just as adamant as the mother is because mm-hmm. what they're going to do is try to play you two against each other. So, yeah, that's mm-hmm. what the mom said. Right. Like, that's what, what, what yeah, that's what I'm worried about. Yeah. 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 So yeah. dad needs to be just as on board, like you heard what she said, mm-hmm. and that's what we're doing. Mm-hmm. And that's what I said. That's yeah. that. I think that mm-hmm. that's just you being supportive and willing to back her up and willing to protect her because what that ultimately comes down to is in delivery, she is vulnerable. She's absolutely mm-hmm. at her most vulnerable point. And she might not be able to be as assertive as she mm-hmm. would if she wasn't having a baby. So she mm-hmm. has to have somebody there to advocate for her, mm-hmm. which is what a doula would be doing, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the father can be there and do that. The partner can be there and do that because he knows the birth plan. He knows what she said she wanted. So in a moment when she she can't mm-hmm. speak up herself, that's his job mm-hmm. because she she can't she's not in her right mind to be able to say no. I didn't want that medicine. No, I didn't want you to take mm-hmm. the baby right now. No, mm-hmm. she can't do that. So for him to be able to know no in her birth plan, she said. She didn't want mm-hmm. that in her birth plan. She said she was doing it this right. way. That's what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And so before I think we that's, get to the, that's the, the, best. the after birth. No, I'm sorry. I apologize. I thought you were done. I'm sorry. But I'll be yeah, no, before we get fully right. into the after birth. We get, yeah, we got these callers want to get in. So let's let them get in. And we got plenty of time. We'll definitely get fully into, uh, you know, against taking care of that mother after, you know, since the two, you know, the two definition postpartum. Uh, again, as you said, man, it goes over, overlooked quite often. But let's get to these callers. Brother Pianchi out of St. Louis, what you got for us, King? Look, you women make sure you instruct him very well. Because when his time comes, I don't care how much it costs, I'm going to be there so I can watch him sweat, fall out on the floor (laughs) fainting, and I'm going to have a ball left. See, Montoya is taking notes. This subject ain't by chance. Absolutely. He's taking notes. 
I do. Oh, he's oh, taking. I'm right downstairs. He's taking notes. Well, I'm gonna be there, Montoya. I don't care what it costs. I'm gonna be laughing at you. <laughs> hey, I will, but hey, I'm gonna you say will this. Get an invite, brother Piaki. You will get an invite. Go I, ahead, go ahead, brother. I'm gonna say this, and, and you know, not disregarding all the other factual things, but the women of yesterday, and I know for sure because I had a childhood friend, and her mother had at least 15 kids, and some people say 20. And for a woman to have 10, you know, at Homer G. Hospital in St. Louis, which is a black hospital, you watch women come in there, they hit the door, they water break, 12 noon, they popping that baby out, they had a doctor standing by the window in case it's a long pass downfield so they didn't go out the window. And 4 o'clock, she's ready to go home. <laughs> What's going on today? I and see, here's another thing. <laughs> here's another thing. Yeah, I'm t- I'm telling you the truth now about this lady. Now she had at least 15 kids. Matter of fact, she gave a couple of children away to women who couldn't have it. And uh, I got a brother that had at least 20 kids, and none of them was on welfare. It wasn't no welfare back in them days. So you got to ask, how in the world are these people doing all these women doing this back in the day? I mean, it's just miraculous, and to compare mm-hmm. the difference in the times. But uh, mm-hmm. no, and I'm telling you something else too, Montoya. My baby, my daughter, I pushed her off on the floor several times so I could get to the tit. So you got to learn how to do that. <laughs> hey, that's the real afterbirth problem right there. I'm with you, brother Pierre. I'm with that. That's a problem. <laughs> I need to learn how to navigate today. That's the. You that's gotta learn how to push them off so they don't have a pillow on the floor so they can fall on the pillow. All right, man. I just wanted to throw that in there, but uh, you make sure I find out. I, I'll find out. Don't try to hide it from me. I'm gonna be there. I won't hide it from you, see brother. You I will make a worldwide announcement. You will definitely get an invite. Now, thank you so much. All right, I'll you see you guys. Call. Be careful now. No, nah, absolutely. Uh, Marilyn, I think you wanted to speak uh-huh. to some of what he was talking about, how it used to be versus what it looks like today. Go ahead, Queen. Um, could get a quick response, and then we'll get to another caller. Definitely. Because the difference between, um, you know, in previous generations of women giving birth and, and this generation, there is so much more um, with birth. You know, there are so many more interventions that in, that the system that doctors are pressing on women that actually just creates more complications. Women, you know, years ago and in previous generations were kind of allowed to just go through their process. And, um, and, with, and with more interference, with more intervention, you actually get more complications. It's like a, like a domino effect, so I should say, where they do one thing um, whereby instead of allowing labor to progress naturally, they may decide that they want to induce you. And being induced with um, with with medications with pitocin actually creates very very strong contractions that are unnaturally strong and can mm-hmm. end up being Stronger. too much for the for the mother or for her uterus or for whatever the case may be and then when labor is not you know progressing the way that they expect it to the mother then because of contractions are so painful she'll want she'll need an epidural because <laughs> she just can't take right. the pain of those contractions because they're not natural. And then epidural can actually create, you know, can slow down or it can create all kinds of other complications during wow. the progression of labor, which will lead to a C-section, you know. And so it's kind of like a domino right. effect that happens because one intervention leads to another until, you know, ultimately 
it leads to the C-section, which makes things quicker for the doctor, and they get paid more for it. You know, so because of the whether it's the pharmaceutical industry or the um, and industrial medical, you know, complex, they are out there to make money by creating or um, uh, as many as possible. And those interventions will lead the mother to have more complications. So, you know, a big part of what we're seeing, what we're experiencing compared to women being able to just come and be allowed to process naturally. And there's, you know, there's no... Actually, man, we're having your phone starting to break up pretty bad, so I'm gonna have you call okay. back in. It just started. Yeah, we heard the last part where you said versus them letting them come in the hospital naturally, then it started breaking up very bad at that point. So okay. I'm just have you call back in to get a better um, connection. Um, caller seven four nine. We're gonna go to break and get to you coming out of the break and um, let Marilyn finish up her thought. You are listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. We'll be right back. For all I ask is that you think. Hey, where did you get that hat and t-shirt? I like that. Oh, I got this at moneymotivation.com. It's fresh, right? Yes, and I love the message on it, too. You are the hustle, huh? That's what the shirt says. I am the hustle. They embody the entrepreneurial spirit, and what I like the most, it's more than a brand. It's a lifestyle for those who want to put in the work and expect to have the final things in life. I also follow them on Instagram. Check this post out. If you believe money is the root of all evil, you're using it wrong? Or how about this one? Excuses made zero dollars an hour. I like those. What's their IG? At moneymotivation.co. But do they have any ladies gear? Yes, you're going to love the clothing line they got for the ladies. Matter of fact, pull up their website, moneymotivation.com, and I'm going to get you a few things so we can both look like money. Everywhere I go, go. And everywhere I be, be. I don't even talk. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. This week I ran into a couple of my listeners, and they saw me wearing some of that money motivation streetwear brand, looking fresh. So definitely recommend that y'all go to moneymotivation.com and check out their brand. Uh, this morning's discussion question, postpartum after the baby, how can we help? Special guest co-host Ashley Alfred Johnson, as well as special guest Marilyn Arduini. Queen, um, I don't know if you were able to jump in or jump back out, but you were breaking up pretty bad. I hate to cut your thought off, but I wanted to kind of let you finish up uh, what you were saying. And, again, the last thing we heard was, you know, that with all these different procedures they now have or, you know, like you say, do in, in a sense to make money, um, they're not really allowing, either, you know, the women, as they did in the past, to come to the hospital and have that natural birth, which sounds like there will seem to be more benefit based on what I heard Brother Piaki say and what you were kind of leading to. But you can kind of finish that thought, if you will, Queen. Well, um, can you hear me better now? Yeah, it's coming through. Yeah, look, it was definitely great. Yeah, it sounds a lot better now. Go ahead, Queen. Okay, awesome. So, yeah, that was basically the the long and short of it. That's the reason why you know you're seeing what mm-hmm. looks like so much, so many more complications um, in birth for um, women overall, but especially black women, is because there's a much higher level of interference and intervention from you know mm-hmm. the doctors. Um, and especially in, you know, and due to their efforts to want to make more money out of every birth and also mm-hmm. try to, you know, 
line the births up in a way that's convenient for them versus allowing it to progress naturally. No, it makes sense. Let's go to another caller. Area code six seven eight, last three seven four nine. Give us your name, where you're calling from, and your three cents on this morning's discussion question. Seven four nine, you're live on the air. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's you. You're live on the air. Go ahead, Queen. Hey, hi. How are you? Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Um, I was calling in to share my thoughts about um, how, and I'm Kanisha calling in from Atlanta. Okay, I was nice, calling in nice to, to share you, my Kanisha, but yeah, give us your yeah, give us your three cents on it. We definitely want to hear it. And hi to the babies on the line. Hi Marilyn. Hi Ashley. <laughs> um, hey there. So I I think that um, men and 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 our community in general can be more supportive in educating themselves on um, parenting, like prior to um, the birth and also during um, once the child is here. Because a lot of times I think that work is left to, like, the mom to, like, educate the father. And that's hard, you know, like when we're already trying to care for and nurture the baby and trying to educate the father, um, that can be hard. And I think that's important. We were talking about advocating, you know, at the um, hospital or birth centers or whatnot, but I think that um, we also need support in advocating, like, with our family and communities, um, specifically, like, when we're trying to parent in a way that breaks cycles, when we're trying to parent consciously, a lot of times we're left, you know, to advocate alone, and then also we are advocating, you know, to our spouses, our partners who should be supporting us, but a lot of times, you know, we're kind of going against the grain with them as well, specifically um, raising our children to be free and liberated by um, not, like, yelling and hitting um, things of that nature and and thinking about consent. Like a lot of times um, the mother is the one that has to um, remind the family about consent for our children. And that can be stressful specifically, you know, after having a baby when I have to be the one to advocate and get flustered with family and community because I'm trying to raise my child in a way um, that is conscious and to break cycles. So that's how – I think our men can be more supportive. You know, educate yourself on um, different on parenting strategies that are healthy for our children. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's my baby. A lot of that makes sense, Ashley. Oh, okay. Hey, the woman is trying to tell you. Well, they just said the apple don't fall far from the tree. Okay. <laughs> no, not my daughter, but that's just, you know, that's my, my spiritual daughter. My Lord, it took me a minute. Hey, same thing here. Same thing here. It's all, hey, it's all, it's all, we, we all family. Now, we all family. Right. Actually, I wanted you to, um, mm-hmm. actually, I wanted you to kind of respond to, um, uh, Kanisha, if you will, just from the standpoint of saying, hey, here's what men could, you know, do better to educate. Uh, do you have even examples in your own oh. life that, you know, maybe like something that it sounds like, you know, she could use or, you know, maybe some advice for maybe something that 
that the man in your life does that might could help her man. You know, I don't know if that makes sense, but just kind of something relatable. Yeah. No, 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 because definitely. It, all of this sounds like, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you could just kind of jump in something there, that'll be great. I think it's super important for both parties to be on the same page. Mother and father have to be on the same page. Now, that does not mean you're going to agree on everything because we disagreed and we just had to compromise because you're raising a child. It's going to be the best of both worlds. It's not always going to be mom's way. It's not always going to be dad's way. It has to be the compilation of both of y'all and how you decide to parent. And that even comes from how you decide to deliver the child. Because I know my partner was initially shocked when I was like, yeah, I'm not having a baby in the hospital. But he was never like, well, what are we going to do? You know, like, we have to have it in the hospital. He had no idea how to have a baby at home. He never even researched, thought about it, never crossed his mind. But once I said it, you know, it was, okay, well, how do we need to do that together? And from there, you know, he was very self-led and self-taught, like like the caller was just saying. You have to want to learn because I can't also educate myself as I'm educating you. So we were both together bringing in, hey, I found this resource. Hey, I found this resource. Hey, look at this article. Hey, look at this video. And, I mean, we we ultimately ended up delivering the baby at home, just the two of us, because that's how much we had educated ourselves over the past. Wow. I don't think we expected that. But, um, yeah, it it has to be a a compromise. You have to be on the same page. But even (laughs) – after delivery, um, we, like, I don't know how personal it is, but circumcision. You know, I didn't want to circumcise our son. He wants to. We had to go back and forth to, well, this is what the article says. This is what the Bible says. It's, like, it's not always <laughs> going to be in agreement, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. you have to, mm-hmm. it has to be a compromise for the betterment of the child. And I think if you just continue to be child-focused, and have the relationship be child-led, then everything kind of falls into place because it's it's not just about, well, this is what mom wants or, well, this is what dad wants. But dad has to come to the table with his part. I think that's where we're lacking in our community because we assume, well, mama just want to do it her way. You know, the mom just wants to take over. Mm -hmm. But in all honesty, I know so many moms who we want to share the responsibility. You know, like, I remember the first time around, it was just me, and I was overwhelmed. You know, I didn't have anybody to argue with over, you know, what school to send my child to, but at the same time, mm-hmm. I wanted to be able to split that responsibility with somebody because it, it's a lot. It's a lot, but you also have to come to the table with, you know, your resources and your insight and what you've learned as a dad. Because there's, mm-hmm. there's starkly different there's starkly different things that kids need from a mom versus a father, mm-hmm. and in that um, same that, sense, okay. there's there are things that the mom mm-hmm. needs from the dad as well. We need the reinforcement. We need you know we need you to do your part. So I think that's what the caller was saying. Like, do your own research. Mm-hmm. Be self led. Be self directed because you have to be just as invested in the child's life as the mom is. Now that makes a lot of sense And actually your situation sounds beautiful Considering that that is your second go around That sounds beautiful Uh, Marilyn, you know, obviously jumped to give us your three cents in this And I I just want to add to this context Because I I hear a little bit of this from the caller Uh, In the event that the father is around But maybe not, you know, 
as self educate you know, like what what does that look like? Again, I know you're helping mothers get to this 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 beautiful space in order to go through this process. And again, uh, if you're just not tuned in, Marilyn's going through this herself. Her her, her baby's only a month old, so she's in the middle of this process as we as we speak to it. Uh, but if you could just maybe talk to some of your counseling through some of these couples through this situation where the mother may be feeling like he's there, but he's not understanding this or he's not doing this part, or it might even be, as Ashley mentioned, the idea of um, even the mother might be thinking, I'm the mother, it's my way, and how that doesn't always mm-hmm. work for us as men wanting to, mm-hmm. you know, understand that, you, yes, you are the mother, but I have input too. I think that could be some mm-hmm. of the dynamic as well, but if you could speak to that, um, if you will, Queen. Absolutely. It's important to create space for each other. Um, they both, you know, um, articulated that beautifully, that it's important for the um, father to have his space. Of course, you know, the bulk of the work, you know, the labor um, invariably falls on the mom just because of the role that we play in this early part of life and, you know, and growing the child within us and giving birth. But there's a huge role for the father to play, and it is extremely important that the father um, take on the, um, the without it being, like, forced, you know, it's, it definitely makes it easier for everyone involved when the father um, is, by his own volition, choosing to be educated and educating himself. But um, definitely, there I, I really can't find a place to add too much more to what they've already mm-hmm. said. That it's so important for fathers good. to to be very, very um, um, self, you know, involved. To really not self-involved, but to involve themselves in the process as much as possible. Uh, whether it's um, during the pregnancy, during labor, and, it's, and and afterwards, I think there's so much uh, in even more space after the baby arrives for the father to really be present because there's the, the the role that fathers play is so important. It can be understated at this point, but when we allow for that, and I think a lot of times us as women, we have to also allow for it because we can be so you know protective of our babies in that space and the bond that we're creating with our babies that we don't really create a lot of space for dads to come in and play their role. And so that's why it's easy for dads to kind of feel like, I don't know what to do here, you know? So um, Mm -hmm. it's important to create that space, but it's important for fathers to speak to that desire to help. You know, fathers have to actively show that, hey, I'm here to help, not to, you know, overwhelm or take over your space or your role, which, you know, they couldn't if they wanted to, but, Right, you know, right. there is, you know, really, you know, right. such an important role that fathers have to play and mothers have to be willing to allow for that and um, and, and, and get the help that we need. Because I think that's part of it, too, with mothers um, is that right. not only we're so used to taking on so much of it and it's so all involving for us that we almost have a hard time, you know, allowing help come in and in, um, and, and, and ways that, you know, we may not be aware of. So those are very important, you know, points to make there that fathers have to be willing and mothers have to allow. And if that I makes sense. I mean, I, that, I, yeah, yeah, please go ahead. Please, please do. Ahead, I would, please. I absolutely agree with everything she said. Um, I, mm-hmm. I would just like to add that right after having a baby, it's just not the time to, it's, it's not a good responsibility placed on the mother to create the space for the father. The father mm-hmm. needs to act creating that space for himself. Yeah. Not because the mm-hmm. mother doesn't want to create this space, but because she already mm-hmm. has 
so many mm-hmm. jobs and after having the baby. You know, she's she's worried about so much already. Mm-hmm. It's it's an additional mm-hmm. responsibility for us to oh now let me create a space for you to parent as well. Like we mm-hmm. need you to be just as actively trying to do it for yourself and not have it be the mother's responsibility because that's overwhelming as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, that's exactly. that's very critical. I'm again, I'm just listening and learning and trying to you know, understand it all. But, Kanisha, that was a great call. Appreciate you, Queen, for your three cents. We are at the top of the hour. Um, 882, we'll get to you coming out of the break. Thank you, Queen, for your three cents this morning. Oh, she may have dropped off. All right, we are. I didn't know. I was still on. I thought you all went back. Oh, no, I was just saying thank you, Queen. No, you were good. I was just telling you thank you uh, for the great call this morning. Thank you so much. Thank you for allowing me here. Thank you. Absolutely. All right, we are at the top of the hour, so we will showcase Taylor Pace's Eyes on You again, Square Business Entertainment, one of our sponsors. I enjoy this music, and we'll come back with Postpartum After the Baby, How Can Black Men Help? I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. This morning's discussion question, postpartum, after the baby, how can black men help our special guest co-host, Ashley Johnson-Alfred, as well as Marilyn Arduini. Thank you both for being on. we got a couple of callers still trying to get in. Definitely want to get into this afterbirth completely and what it looks like, but let's go ahead and get this caller out the way. Area code 770, last three. Eight eight two. Give us your name, where you're coming from, and your three cents on this morning discussion question. 
Uh, my name is Terrell. I'm calling from Atlanta. Um, and I, I just wanted to share my, my three cents as the other half of the baby we just created, me and Ashley, because um, I just wanted to give Beautiful. some insight to the men on ways to, I guess, help out. So for me, like, as a man, there's an assumption I think we have sometimes that women inherently know everything about birthing because, you know, it's their body. Uh, but fairly early on, I had to come to the realization that we both didn't know very different things and uh, be willing to listen to her, her listen to me as we both kind of went out and found tips and kind of became researchers, so to speak, um, once we made the decision to have a home birth. In addition to that, once delivery came, it, it, it can be a, a lot on you um, as a man because you're so, I think, out of your element. Uh, for her as a woman, her body just naturally starts to take over. Uh, she starts to feel things. But I think your role during that process becomes more of a protector but also kind of a cheerleader. Um, you got to help her through the pain. You got to help her push through it. You got to encourage her. You got to make sure basically that she's taken care of and that she has everything she, she needs because the adage that there's a, a happy mom is going to be a happy baby, I think is very true. So that's, that's one Thank point um, to remember on that. And then I guess post-delivery, it's a lot of the same. Uh, both of y'all are going to be tired. Both of y'all are going to um, be feeling a lot. But you just got to understand that she did way more than you, <laughs> way more. And so your role is <laughs> – your your role is to make sure that you're being uh, super supportive. So, you know, the first couple of days afterwards, I was just really like, you know, you need this, you need that. Uh, and the thing about Ashley, Ashley is a very headstrong woman. So being with a headstrong woman is, is a different element because, you know, she was <laughs> still trying to do everything herself. And I'm like, chill, you know, like, let me do something. Mm-hmm. And, and I do want to add to her point because, Okay, she said you don't have to make room for the dad to be a dad. Uh, you know, I, I kind of disagree. Uh, my my standpoint on that is the way that you make room for both parties to be involved is sometimes the mom has to realize, hey, let him do that. You don't you don't have to get up every time to get the baby. Um, let him take care of this or let him take care of that. So it's really just that acknowledgement that you're not in this alone. It's really that acknowledgement that you have somebody who's willing, ready, and able, and capable of helping to provide for this child with you. And and I think that's all that mm-hmm. you really have to, you know, make. You you don't, you know, if, if unfortunately the dude doesn't want to be involved or he's not really in the picture, no, no one's saying, you know, chase this person because that, that's on him. But if you have someone who's there, ready, willing, and able to help you, let them. That's That's all you have to do, let them. Um, and I got some more tips. Right. You know, I know I only got like three minutes, so um, <laughs> that's all good. Yeah, that's, Actually, what I want to do with you, Terrell, if you got time, and again, I don't know how much time you got, because uh, I think it's a, beautiful to have this insight. And um, again, for me, being a friend of Ashley's and outside looking in, outside strictly, baby, just kind of see y'all live through social media. Uh, I'll just say personally, uh, man to man, I just respect how how you handle it from what I can see outside looking in. And I also would offer, if you have time, 
I would like to keep you on the line. We're going to go deeper into this discussion. We've got another hour, and I really want to get into Marilyn's expertise, which is the afterbirth period, which you and Ashley are obviously experiencing. So you'll probably be able to get out more thoughts if you were able to stay with us, but I don't want to obviously transgress on, you know, on your time. But are you able to stay with us a little longer? No, absolutely. I can, I can stay. Okay, cool, cool. So just, you know, when I reference you, jump back in this thing, man. I'm going to keep you on the line right now as a guest. Uh, for all the callers out there, you still have to press one to let us know you want to get in. We'll still get you in. Uh, but I, I do want to move this, if you will, Marilyn. Uh, let's get into, uh, as you, I mean, obviously I feel like this is a, a great, it's beautiful to hear this, you know, on the Men of Dialogue show where we're having this couple mm-hmm. say, hey, we're doing this together. This is what it like, looks like. The reality, as we right. mentioned in the first hour, is in our community, we don't see enough of this. And so, obviously, um, having Terrell on, we can get insight from a man who's experienced it. As I have, again, as y'all said, I'm just here taking notes with my first first experience of this, if you will. <laughs> uh, but to really mm-hmm. get into, um, you know, what it looks like afterwards. But here's the question I had for both of you um, that I wanted to kind of jump this segment off with is the idea of there, in my opinion, and I'm pretty sure, Marilyn, you'll speak to this even better, is there's so much again, when we say not only is this the, the postpartum, the after the birth period is the mother overlooked, but I think there's part of the overlooking is how much we don't know about the healing that needs to take place, not just from a, a physical standpoint, as you said earlier, it could take up to a year sometimes, but the emotional and the, the mental part is, is the part that I'm assuming you know, I hear from my friends who've had children is can be the most difficult part, and even if you are, you know, married to a right. loving husband, if you will, it can create tensions because of what we fail to understand about what healing the healing of a mother actually looks like because we are overlooking mm-hmm. it. So let's get deep into that part, um, you mm-hmm. know, especially for us as men trying to better understand what is it, what are y'all going through? Let's 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 figure that out. So. Right. Um, one of the most important things that I can say, a lot of people, we know we are starting to, when I first started having children, there wasn't even a lot of talking about postpartum depression or anything like that. It's starting to be much more of a conversation um, now than it was, um, you know, years ago. But there is, the, the main focus for me is the overall postpartum or postnatal depletion which is like a, a, it's a spectrum, you know, a syndrome, if you ask me, when it comes to what mothers experience after giving birth. Uh, it begins in pregnancy, but it continues well after, you know, to your, your children are, can be much older. It can be, you know, adolescence by the time, you know, you continue to see the after effects of what happens, you know, to a woman after she gives birth. So that's, um, a, a big part of it that people tend to not understand that even many women don't really understand what's going on with them after they've had birth. We see the physical side of it, you know, um, where, you know, the mother seems to be going back to normal after having her, her baby. Um, but because of the, the ongoing hormonal shifts, you know, with the mother, the ongoing nutritional um, shifts that are going on there um, really, there is a um, there's a huge gap in what women receive compared to what they actually need when it comes to um, recovering after having a baby, and a lot of that is because we just are not um, educated enough about it, you know. Um, and even 
women who, you know, see themselves as, you know, being fairly healthy and being fairly aware um, of their needs tend to overlook a huge part of their own needs. So if you don't even know that you have this need, it's hard to communicate it to your partner or anyone else. So I'll just start off by saying that, and um, and I can go in a little bit further if there's space for it. Yeah, so I, I would love you to. Like we say, yeah, like me, I'm, I'm, yeah, no, I want you to jump in because right now I'm hanging on to what mm-hmm. are those needs. So if you're saying, you know, hey, even mm-hmm. relatively women who kind of have a good idea still are unaware, mm-hmm. of what are what are these things that we're unaware of? I want to definitely get started with that part because, mm-hmm. you know, that's what that's what makes it worth it, and that's the knowledge base. That you know, mm-hmm. myself can learn. I'm assuming Terrell would want to understand too. And you know, mm-hmm. Ashley even started out from the beginning saying, "I don't know." You know what I mean? So let's mm-hmm. get into those right. things that people mm-hmm. are overlooked. Like let's get, yeah, let's jump right into that. And we got about three minutes, okay. so we, you know, we can just let it go into the next segment as well. But you can start now. Okay. Okay. Awesome. So uh, basically, um, it, it's a lot of physiological issues that are going on after birth. You know, whether it's like I said, the hormonal changes. Um, there's a huge interruption in the circadian rhythm, that's, you know, waking up in the middle of the night, especially for women that are nursing. Um, there is a, a saying that begins in pregnancy again and continues um, into the postpartum period is that what the, the, the baby needs, the mother obliges. So while you're pregnant, if there's any kind of nutritional deficiency going on that, or, or, or any um, whatever the whatever the baby needs in order to properly develop, your body will take it from you and give it to the baby in order to baby, for the baby to, to, to develop properly. So that means that the baby needs calcium, it will take it from you. So if you're not getting enough of it in your diet while you're pregnant, it will take it from your bones, take it from your teeth. Um, women, a lot of people don't know this, but um, the women, the mother's brain can actually shrink up to 5% um, in each pregnancy. And that's because of the demand for DHA, you know, um, for the baby's development of the baby's brain. So if there's not enough nutrition, which a lot of times pregnant women, you know, it's just, it's hard, it's difficult to make sure that you're consistently getting enough food. So if you don't have a lot of support, even in the prenatal period, you can have a lot of those deficiencies and your body will be depleted, you know, while you're pregnant because it's giving everything that it needs to the baby. The baby takes priority, you know, when you're pregnant. And your body, you know, will, your, the baby will leach a lot of things. That's a bad word, it sounds like, but it will take a lot of things from your body in order to make sure the baby develops properly. So um, imagine, you know, having that kind of shrinkage in your brain. It affects mood. It affects memory. Mm. It affects um, mm-hmm. so many things, you know, um, right. going into the postpartum period. So a lot of women are going into postpartum already depleted from pregnancy. And then now imagine if she breastfeeding, that's, again, that's a huge demand in calories. You know, 500-some-odd calories a day is required just for making, you know, milk for the baby. And so making sure that she's eating enough and getting those same nutrients in her diet. So if she's not, you know, eating enough of it in her diet, then once again, the body um, is is taking it from her to make it available for the baby. So it's really, really hugely important. And you can imagine how much that kind of deficiency in the mother's nutrition can impact her well-being. So it results in things that, you know, turn into depression. It turns into hormonal imbalance. No, I can imagine. We actually have to get the break. Let's let's dig yeah, let's mm-hmm. dig into how you improve on those things. I'll tell you what popped in my head before we go to the break. Is when you just broke down, I had no clue. 
that, you know, like you said, the breastfeeding could take 500 calories. I'm like, man, I try to run two and a half miles every other <laughs> Every other exactly. day, and, they don't, and, they, I don't, and I don't burn 500 calories. Like I'm mad about exactly. this. Like, like what? And, 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 and beating the baby is more harder than me running two and a half miles. Like that ain't that ain't mm-hmm. trying to. Man, y'all, man, men, yeah. hey, men, we got it made. Terrell, we got it made, brother. We got it made. We off against the break. We'll continue. Yeah, coming out of the break, we'll continue this conversation. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. Well, all I ask is that you think. Big Sis Media Group is a full-service design agency with tools available to help clients communicate with audiences through visual and digital media. So what exactly does that mean? You need graphic design? Call Big Sis Media. You need web design? Call Big Sis Media. You need audio or video production? Call Big Sis Media. You need a branded strategy for your business? Call Big Sis Media. Damn, they do everything, don't they? Nope, even better. They're professionals. Whatever service you need, they do a consultation, send over a contract with a deadline, and meet that deadline. A true one-stop shop for all your digital and media needs, all at an affordable price. What's their website and phone number? BigSysMediaGroup.com 404-465-4348 Again, that's BigSysMediaGroup.com Call them at 404-465-4348 Welcome back to the Mr. Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. If I could highlight Big Sis Media returning with their sponsorship. I'll tell you, if you need a website or a landing page, this sister does the most amazing websites and landing page for an incredibly reasonable price. Not looking for cheap here. We're talking about quality work for a very fair price. Highly recommended for anybody out there looking for BigSisMediaGroup.com. This morning's discussion question, postpartum, after the baby, how can black men help? Uh, special guest Ashley Johnson Alfred, as well as Melon Arduini, and we got Terrell on the line. Uh, thank you, King, for getting on here with us. Uh, it was pretty beautiful to me again to bring you to the table. So we'll definitely get some of your thoughts as well. But uh, Marilyn, you were kind of starting to get into um, these things that we're unaware of uh, that happens to uh, to women. As you said, a lot of women don't know themselves, and so as you were breaking that down, uh, you know, what is it? How do how does how do how does a woman remedy this now that we're finding out what those things are, you know, kind of what is, what does that stuff look like? I know you're going to go into the depression and stuff as well, but go ahead, Queen. Absolutely. One of the most important things, um, which is, you know, the entire point of the show today is that women need support. You know, we really, it's really, really hard for women to be able to get everything that she needs um, or, or do everything that she needs for herself by herself. You know, um, I touched on this a little bit at the beginning of the show that um, culturally across the world and, you know, even within my own family, the tradition is that when a woman gives birth, you know, whether it's her mother, um, an aunt, grandmother, whoever, some woman in her family or her community comes in or the whole community comes together to help her for the first, whether it's 40 days, 60 days, the first Mm -hmm. few months, and are able to actually get, you know, completely take care of all of her needs. The only thing that the woman attends to is the baby, you know, eating what she needs to eat. Like I know for my mother, um, and, you know, when she was still, you know, <laughs> in this, uh, on this earth, she used to come 
and help me when I would have a baby. And she, um, you know, would do all the cooking, all the cleaning, everything that needed to be done. And the only thing I needed to focus on was resting and feeding mm-hmm. the baby and taking care of the baby's needs, you know, and there was nothing that I needed to do. And it was so important. And you kind of don't realize how, what a huge, you know, benefit that is to you until you don't have it. And, you know, Ashley spoke a little mm-hmm. bit, and I experienced it too, the difference in the pandemic and not being able to have a lot of people around you. Like for me, I wasn't able to have a family member come and stay with us because it was too risky to expose the baby to, like, you know, different people that don't live in the household mm-hmm. and everything. Right. So we've had to do a lot of things by ourselves, and it's a big difference not having that support network around you, especially I'm in a new city where I don't really know anybody, so I don't even have, like, friends or anybody nearby that could have um, mm. that could have helped. So it's a really, really big deal. And, you know, even though, you know, my husband is here and he's doing everything that, you know, he can, um, but he works and he's got, you know, and, and as a man, there's a limit to what, you know, he'll understand clearly to be able to do. It's almost like a difference when there's, a woman there, like a mother who's kind of been through it and, mm-hmm. they can, you know, completely relate to everything that you're going through. So that's why it's important that in these times when it's really just a lot of us right now are having to, it's just us, it's just you and your partner, you know, having to go through this together that the men really, really step in to be able to understand um, what we need as women. And so going back, you know, to what I was saying before, that it's, um, it's, it's really important to take as many burdens off of her as possible. If you can't do the things that she does around the house, whether it's, you know, if, you know, if you can pick up on laundry, cleaning, whatever it is, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm big on, you know, managing, you know, my household. And so, so my husband, you know, he's taking over a lot of things. And as Terrell was saying before, you know, it, it can be hard as women and the space that we have to create is to allow because I can be like, well, that's not the way I want it done, you know what I mean? And you want to step in and do mm-hmm. certain things, you know, your own way, but you've got to let it go and allow people to come in and help you in the best way that they can. And some things you just got to say, okay, it's not that important right now. What's important is me resting and taking care of this baby, you know? And so that's one Absolutely. of the things that can be done is to really help alleviate the stress and the additional work that she has to do. And then after just being able to give her the rest and the time to attend to the baby, the next big thing is nutrition. Um, uh, You know, women are hugely, hugely nutritionally depleted and are not getting everything that um, they need. And it's too much for me to go into everything that's needed in the space Mm -hmm. of this call. But anyone who wants more information can definitely reach out, um, and I'd be happy to to offer a little bit more. But that's the, um, the next big thing that is hugely important is nutrition. Um, I got, I decided to move into the postpartum space exclusively because as I mentioned before, and you already know, I work as a a peaceful parenting coach, a motherhood coach. And one of the things that I started, started to become apparent to me is that um, mothers deal with a lot of, you know, stress and a lot of things, you know, managing their families and their lives, you know, whether they're married or not. But one of the biggest things that kept coming forward to me is that a lot of the the decline in the mother's well-being began after birth. And a lot of what she experienced, you know, during birth and immediately in the postpartum period what, um, played a big role in how she dealt with motherhood moving forward. 
you know, there's a lot of mm-hmm. things that we can't do anything about the stresses of raising a child there. And, um, you know, those things exist. But a mother being fully, you know, um, supported and having the nutrition and the foundation that she needs within her body makes a big difference in how she's able to cope. You know, and so that's, you know, why it's so important for the husband to make sure or the spouse, I should say, or the partner to make sure that um, even if you don't know what to do with it yourself, trying to understand and make it available, you know, if going to a grocery store, hitting up Amazon, whatever it is, to make sure that all of those things are available to her and make it as easy as possible for her to be able to um, to to um, nourish herself back to well-being. Because especially for breastfeeding mothers, as long as she's well nourished, the baby will be well nourished. Mm-hmm. Now it makes a lot of sense, um, Ashley. I definitely want you to jump in here, Ashley. I definitely want you to jump in here because you know, for all of us that follow Ashley, she's funny when it comes to nutrition. She she, she will have mm-hmm. you laughing <laughs> literally out loud uh, at your computer because uh, she's a sweet tooth for the way I've come eat. to understand it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, so I was very interested in whatever nutritional advice you might will be able to give her because I can imagine <laughs> to read what he's going through, like, I, you know, having to go to the grocery store over and over because Ashley just got a, a craving all of a sudden. So I can only imagine what that looks like. Uh, so, Ashley, if you would kind of jump in here and ask whatever you want. And, tell, you know, Terrell, we'll go to you next. Because, uh, again, we have a, a basically a motherhood coaching expert on the line, so I definitely want to make sure y'all questions are getting answered because y'all are going through this experience. So I'll just kind of fall back and let, you know, Ashley speak and Terrell, you can go next. If we, make, if we have a break, I'll let you know when the break's coming. But other than that, y'all go ahead and kind of just talk to Marilyn about, you know, kind of what are y'all needs or what it looks like for y'all. Okay. Okay. Um yeah, I definitely agree with what she was saying. Um, nutrition is such a huge, huge component of it. When I talk mm-hmm. to people about postpartum, I try to use layman terms because people don't understand, like, the breakdown that she just gave. 500 calories, like you said, Montoya, you have to put it in your personal experience. So what does that look like for me? So I always mm-hmm. tell people, imagine getting an hour of sleep over 24-hour span and then having mm-hmm. to wake up and function. Like, that's mm-hmm. whether you have a child or not. Nobody functions well exhausted, mm-hmm. just point blank, period. And then when she brings in the nutrition portion of it, it's, I think it's so important for your partner to have to help you in that sense. Because just imagine, even without a child, being responsible for cooking every day, cooking three mm-hmm. meals for yourself. Like, that's, that's exhaustive in itself. That's a whole job. So on top of caring for a child, having to nourish yourself, food becomes a job. Like it's it's an actual responsibility because you don't eat or drink enough. Your your breast milk supply goes down. You can't nourish your baby if you're not nourishing yourself. It's a it's a very huge component of it. And just if you're doing it by yourself, and then that's not even to factor in if you have a job, if you have other kids. And doing basic household chores, like, that's all stuff that still has to be taken care of. You can't neglect that because you have a new baby. So mm-hmm. when you're asking what, what dad can do, dad has to be there to pick up the slack. Mm-hmm. Because just for that moment after you have a child, mom's priorities are kind of rearranged. Baby has mm-hmm. to come first, even over herself, even mm-hmm. over herself at times. So. Dad has to pick up everything that that comes after, 
And I think if you can get good as a man just anticipating the needs of your family, not just baby, not just mom, but, like, family altogether, job, Mm -hmm. finances, food, household, if you can get good at predicting the needs and anticipating what she's going to need help with, that's where you can help. If you Mm -hmm. can do the grocery shopping, if you can cook the meal, if you can make sure she's eating, if you can remind her, you know, if you can hold the baby and let her shower, like, those are the Mm -hmm. things that that are going to count. And even if she doesn't let you, like, and, and letting you is, I don't know, a better term, I guess, because me personally as a mom, I have a problem delegating. I have an issue, you know, allowing somebody else to help. So if you mm-hmm. can just step in and do it, even if I don't know you're doing it. If I come in mm-hmm. and if I'm in the bed and you bring me breakfast, I didn't know you got up and made breakfast, but I appreciate it. And it's nothing you had to ask me, you know, hey, do you want to eat? Because you know mm-hmm. I have to eat, right? Mm-hmm. So if you can just anticipate those needs and that comes into, you know, me not making a space for you, you making your own space. You know, mm-hmm. we have clothes that need to be washed. You know, you don't have to come ask me, can I wash the clothes? Me getting up and seeing, oh, there are clean clothes here for the baby. You know, somebody washed them. I know I didn't. But I, I would appreciate mm-hmm. those kinds of things. And those, I'm I'm blessed to have that kind of partnership to where I, we were two whole people before we had a child together. Mm-hmm. So we we both can cook, we both can clean, and we we had that dynamic prior to the child coming in. But I can't imagine a partnership or a relationship where one person is not able to do that, and one the sole responsibility falls on the other person. I just, as a mom, I, I don't know how mothers are doing it, and I did it the first time, and I vowed to never do it that way again because it's a lot. It is a lot on one person. So I, I, that's that's my three cents of how men can help. Um, I think we we were really big on communication, even throughout the pregnancy, throughout the delivery, and afterwards. You got to get real close to your partner. Anybody who can deliver a baby at home, you you know, you have to be extremely close to your partner to be able to do that mm-hmm, process. Absolutely. But the communication doesn't stop after delivery. It has to continue throughout because there are going to be moments when mother, the mom is super emotional. The mom is experiencing, you know, some hormonal changes, but so is dad. So if if those things are not being communicated, you're going to miss things. You know, you're going to be offended sometimes. You're going to be, and then you're also operating in exhaustion. Like I said, you're also tired. So imagine being you know, trying to deal with emotions on top of being tired, exactly, on top of other responsibilities. It just, if you're not knocking those things off and communicating those things, they're they're building. And what you don't want is an avalanche of issues, you know, when you're trying to raise a child. That makes sense. Now, that's a perfect segue. We're actually up against the last break, and out of this segue, I definitely want to start understanding that mood, the emotions, the mental health, the depression aspect, the postpartum that, again, I think a lot of men have no understanding of because it's just not something we, you know, I mean, you know, experience due to, you know, not, you know, the actual giving of a child, birth of a child. Listen to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. We'll be right back. But all I ask is that you think. Hey, where did you get that what? hat and T-shirt? I like that. Oh, I got this at moneymotivation.com. It's fresh, right? Yes. 
And I love the message on it, too. You are the hustle, huh? That's what the shirt says. I am the hustle. They embody the entrepreneurial spirit, and what I like the most it's more than a brand. It's a lifestyle for those who want to put in the work and expect to have the final things in life. I also follow them on Instagram. Check this post out. If you believe money is the root of all evil, you're using it wrong? Or oh, how about this one? Excuses made $0 an hour. I like those. What's their IG? At moneymotivation.co. But do they have any ladies gear? Yes, you're going to love the clothing line they got for the ladies. Matter of fact, Pull up their website, moneymotivation.com, and I'm going to get you a few things so we can both look like money. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with special guest co-host Ashley Justin Alfred, as well as Special guest, Marilyn Arduini. Thank you, Queens, both for being with us. We also have Terrell, Ashley's partner, on the line with us as well. Let me throw something to Terrell and, and, and it'll bring it right back to you, Marilyn, but just from the standpoint of the aspect that women naturally go through additional mood swings, obviously during the pregnancy, but from what I understand, even after the pregnancy. And so as a, as a man, and, and again, how we kind of process the idea of, of their emotions and wanting to be there for her. If we're, you know, fortunate enough to be in a situation that you and uh, Ashley are in, Terrell, uh, what would, what's a, a concern when maybe Ashley's acting different than what you're used to and it may be related to something that's, you know, again, this postpartum period, uh, just the mood swing is high or irritable, as she said, prior to the, to the break. Uh, you know, what does that look like for you or what question might you ask someone like a Maryland who is an expert to say, hey, hey, how do I handle this? Do you have a question like that? I mean, obviously it sounds like y'all have great communication, so maybe you're okay with that. But just wondering, because, again, you're in the experience. I'm outside looking in. Any, 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 anything you would, you know, maybe ask of Maryland from your position? Definitely. Uh, that, that's a good question, and it's, it's one that, you know, we're still actively in the middle of and processing. We're, you know, barely two months removed from the birth of our child. Um, so a lot of this stuff is very, very much so uh, still present for us. Uh, but what I had to start to realize was she's not quite herself. Um, there would be times where, you know, it, it just would be tense. You know, it would be tense, but it would be tense about stuff that's like it's not that deep. You know, otherwise you're, you're you know, you're kind of confused by it. Like why is it so, why are you tripping so hard about like, how I gave the baby the bottle or this or that. or It was just a lot of um, <laughs> tension. Um, uh, and so what I had to do kind of within myself is start to realize, hey, maybe there's something else going on here. It's not that she delivered the baby and now she doesn't like me. It's not that every single thing <laughs> I do actually gets on her nerves. But that's, that's what it felt like. That's literally what it felt like. Mm-hmm. It felt like, okay, so we just, you know, went through this process of delivering a child together, bringing bring life into the world together, and you don't even like me now. And now you're mad at me for everything. Every, yeah, everything I do is wrong. You know, everything I do is wrong. And it, it, it was tough, man, because, you know, as a man, you, you don't really want to be arguing with your lady. You don't want to have right. you know, conflict. Like she just had the child, right? Exactly, but 
but it's there. It's there. So I, I had to take take a step back for me and, and really choose not to be offended at various points. Choose not to, you know, get upset and to understand it's it's some more there. Um and I think as we both took as I took that step back, that also helped her take a step back to realize within herself, like, why am I reacting like this to this? Why am I going off on him uh, uh, about that or why is it like such an intense emotion uh, for this or that and, and we pretty much discovered like we need to do more to support her so you know tip that I think that we've started to do is we try to encourage each other more um, we try to pray more you know I don't know everybody's spiritual practice or whatever but we we believe in prayer we believe that you know God kind of is in control of everything regardless of of where you are in life, he, he's in control of everything. So we kind of lean really heavily on him. Uh, there were times I just had to learn to shut up. And, you know, anybody who, who knows me and knows Ashley, we are two very headstrong people. And so I had to learn at various points, let her have it, you know, or, or just take a step back. But it's getting, it's getting much better than where it was at various points. Um, and a lot of that is just, taking a step back and realizing something else is going on and then taking a step back to, mm-hmm. to do whatever centers. For me, what centers me is prayer. So that's what has helped me through the process. Okay. And I think for others, no, it's been that. very simple. Yeah. Now, what I'll tell you, I'll tell you, keep up them ocean trips. I, I, again, I watch out <laughs> for, for social media, so oh, keep yeah. those up. But Marilyn, um, as you hear this, you know, this that's king kind of break down the scenario between, you know, him and his partner and in your position, uh, we'll get well, you know, what do you recommend or what does that sound like? I'm pretty sure you've heard this this story time and time again, um, in 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 your position in this, but if you could definitely speak to again now we're literally in the postpartum stage. The baby is here. They're trying to figure out how to work it out. So if you will, Queen, definitely speak to, to what you just heard coming from this from this young brother. I think he's definitely making, you know, the right moves. Um when it comes to that is um is this is a period especially um for the mother it's, it has to be mutual, but from the from the man's perspective, there's a lot of compassion, you know, about what, you know, mom is going through at this point in time that, you know, she's not necessarily herself right now. And um, just trying to figure out what you can do to make things easier for her, not taking things personally, um, especially if you know that this isn't typically how she behaves or anything like that. Um, and, and I really can't say that there's anything that um, that he said wasn't, you know, appropriate. An appropriate way to handle the situation is definitely um, work because you're a new father as well. And so, you know, you have to, the mom also has to do her best under the circumstances to be um, compassionate towards you. and know that you're not going to do everything perfectly and, um, and she's going to disagree with you on certain things. And so, um, but again, even if she may intellectually understand certain things, um, there's sometimes emotionally um, because of all the, you know, shift in hormones and so many things going on with her that she may not be able to act accordingly, you know, to what she knows and understands intellectually. So fathers really have to heighten, you know, their level of just being understanding and compassionate, you know, towards mom and being protective. And a lot of what I try to, you know, tell fathers, you know, in that space is that, um, a lot of times men can focus outwardly when it comes to protection, protect her from other people and from things that are going on around it, you know, um, around her. Mm-hmm. But 
sometimes the, the thing you have to protect your partner from the most is yourself, you know, and your own, you know, thoughts and, you know, outbursts and things like that in ways that you may adversely react to things that she does and says when she's in this space. So, um, you know, definitely keeping that in mind is, you know, that to, to, to offer a high level of compassion and a high level of perception and support for her as she's going through this. And, um, and like I said before, when you can offer, you know, the, the mom a great deal of support, rest, and nourishment in this time, she can deal with those things a whole lot better. And, right. you know, she'll come back down, you know, to being able to be herself much sooner. Um, but if the depletion, you know, is present and it continues, it's only going to get worse over time, you know, and just depending on the mother's personality, you know, she can respond to that depletion in so many different ways, you know. And so if she's a, you know, headstrong type of person, y'all just maybe arguing all the time, <laughs> you know, and it wasn't like that before. Or, you know, if, if she's a different kind of person, she may retreat into herself and be, you know, depressed and, you know, quiet and not responding, you know, um, and just lose a lot of um, her, her, her joy in the process and in bringing this new life into the world. And so that's another important thing. You guys don't want to rob yourselves of the joy. This should be, you know, a really a time to rejoice about bringing a new life into the world. So being um, aware and very present for each other is going to allow you to really enjoy this time as much as possible and not, you know, and not lose out on that. So, you know, like I said, I really agree with everything that he said so far. But um, it's, I think it's just being um, being aware and being compassionate to each other um, in this space and making sure that mom has everything that she needs to be able to recover um, for herself and be her best for her family. Absolutely. Now, it makes a lot of sense. If I, could, if I could move this into the context of our collective community, if you will, and it was something that you said in the first hour, and I want to kind of connect it and move the conversation there, if you will, um, when you talked about the aspect of um, this aspect of postpartum in the sense of going through that depletion, and in a sense if it's not handled correctly or, or the woman is not supported correctly, it could play a huge role in how she mothers her children. And so mm-hmm. when I think about this and we start going to the larger context of, you know, some, you know, some of our black queens having to go through this on their own. I also thought, well, dang, if there's this level of depletion that we really are never addressing, um, sometimes when we're maybe judgmental of how a woman mothers her children, I'm like, how much of it is coming from never really recovering, even maybe from their first childbirth or, you know, or, exactly. or the second one or the issue has never been addressed. And so we're outside mm-hmm. looking in, being judgmental, mm-hmm. but it's been the lack of support and this depletion mm-hmm. that is now, as you just said, these other hormones run, run wild throughout mm-hmm. the raising of their children. And it would have been very different Absolutely. had she had support. And so I definitely think it's very necessary to, to just, mm-hmm. in my opinion, get a bigger and better understanding of what a, a mother, especially on her own, if she's in that mm-hmm. situation, is going through so that we get mm-hmm. a better, more, you know, maybe more empathy for how mm-hmm. we collectively try to improve upon this or be there for mm-hmm. 
a woman in the in the event that her partner is not there, unfortunately. Uh, again, so mm-hmm. definitely want to move it into that context because of what of so Absolutely. much of what can go missing without that support. Um, you know, we kind of mm-hmm. start there, and actually, you know, I know the, that you're you know overly concerned about our collective as well. So I think we just have to move mm-hmm. the conversation in that direction before Absolutely. we go. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, I, and, you know, as you said, that's something that, you know, I attempt to address um, a lot. And, and when I talk about within, within the partnership of mother and father, when we talk about compassion, that's important, but also as a community, you know, being compassionate towards um, mothers and especially to mothers who were doing this on their own, you know, and creating a support system around them um, and creating, um, you know, particularly sisterhood. That's why I think it's so important to have, you know, things like um, doulas and and the work that I do um, and other women do um, as um, prenatal and postpartum doulas um, and supporting women in recovering. But there's a lot of women who don't have access to that kind of support and don't have that kind of community around them. And so you see the effect that it has long-term, you know, and the mothers that I, that I work with, you can see how when they are given, you know, the resources, when they're giving the, the nourishment and the support mm-hmm. that they've been lacking, how it changes, you know, their entire perspective. It changes how they wow. mother, it changes them within their relationship. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so you see women who are, 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 are not able to access that kind of support, you know, and, and we, and like you said, you know, we place a lot of judgment on them. And it's not fair in a lot of ways because, you know, these women have kind of just been, you know, left out there to kind of figure it out on their own. And like I said, it's women who, even women who have, you know, so many more resources don't understand and don't know how to come back from this. Imagine so much more women who um, don't have, you know, the resources, you know, and don't have the resources. And so, you know, um, and and a lot of times these women end up, um, you know, in the system, unfortunately, you know, and the children end up in the system when the what children. the mother really needed was a lot of support, mm-hmm. you know, to be able to, no, uh, and then, yeah. Exactly. Uh, makes a lot of sense. We're up against our last break, so Ashley, we'll definitely get your thoughts coming out of this last break. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think. We'll be right back. LNG Technology mm-hmm. Services. We are your industry leader in aircraft and heavy equipment repair services. In commercial business for over 15 years, LNG technicians have over 150 years of equipment-specific knowledge and are known industry-wide for returning worn-out, broken, and overused ground support equipment back to the user in working better than new conditions. For a service job done right at a value unparalleled in the industry, contact LNG Technology Services at 478-781-4860. Again, for a service job done right, that number is 478-781-4860. LNG Technologies is a Mental Dialogue Gold member and proud sponsor of the Mental Dialogue community. My name is Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. I am the owner and facilitator of the Mental Dialogue Community Support Group focused on practical solutions and the collective thinking of the black community. We do that one of two ways, every third Friday, 7 p.m. at Urban Grind, or Saturday mornings, the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Contact us at mentaldialogue.com or on Facebook at Mental Dialogue. All I ask is that you think. 
If you have a product or service you would like to get out to the smartest audience in all of radio, please contact me, 4047, or go to Facebook at Mental Dialogue and inbox me, or IG at Mental underscore Dialogue or MentalDialogue.com. Definitely need your support. Uh, definitely want to get your products and services out to uh, our listeners out there, our truth seekers out there listening in uh, individually, mentaldialogue.com. You can be a supporter to keep intelligent radio on the air. Uh, this morning's discussion question postpartum after the baby, how can black men help with special guests? Go co-host Ashley Johnson Afford, as well as Marilyn O'Dwini. Um, Ashley, you know, say moving into the collective, one thing that you said that, that stands out to me as we again kind of move this into the collective, um, you basically having two entirely different experiences between the two children. Um, and the idea is you say, I did the first time by myself. I was absolutely dedicated and determined not to do it again as you have your partner to rail on the line with you, and you are doing it very different this time. Um, again, Absolutely. based on this, yeah, based on this conversation, and as I mentioned prior to the break, the idea of maybe we should have a little more empathy, in a sense, for our queens that are out there doing it on their own, considering these this aspect of, um, you know, um, postnatal depletion that we, in a sense, as a collective and as a society, not even it's not even a black people thing here, but just not understanding that women can experience this to this degree. There maybe should be some more empathy. Um, but what it does push termination, not to repeat that process, is mm-hmm. the encouragement within our culture to just really recognize how it is almost so wrong to do it on your own. Again, it's not to create judgment, but it is time, in my opinion, to move the cultural con, the culture, the culture towards. If all of this can happen and it makes it difficult, how how we must strive to do it in a similar manner that you are doing it or, or Melon and her husband are doing it like this time around and y'all feel like this is totally different. And I hear people in your situation say this all the time. I don't even know how I did it the first time by myself. Like, even though you've done it, Literally. now that you have the Literally. help this time, you've almost lost sight of what the hell did I do last time? You know what I mean? And I know right. for a fact how much you pour into your oldest. I adore you know, your relationship with your oldest daughter, and she's amazing as a child. So you figured it out on your own, but to hear you say, I don't even know how I did it, um, to me, me, moves the collective consciousness towards the idea of not just continuing to do it this way, if if, if that makes sense. But if you can just kind of jump in, and, and, you know, because obviously, you know, I'm always encouraging, as I always say, marriage before children. It's just, it, But, again, it's about the children when I make that hashtag. But go ahead, Queen. Absolutely. So now that we've had this conversation and I keep reflecting back to black men, how can you help? I mean, my your first thought is you stay. You know, you, you have to stay because mm-hmm. the presence of a black man in his child's life is just extremely important, not just for the child, but for the entire dynamic and for the collective. Because like you said, I had two completely different pregnancies, two completely different experiences as a mother thus far you know and it it really comes down to when you don't have the resources as a mom you have to raise your kids on survival versus raising them on love and even though like like you said people will compliment me all the time on my first child and how she turned out I still absolutely know and recognize that I raised her 100% on survival and 
when you do that, you miss so much. You don't get to cherish being a mom as much. You don't get the good moments. You don't get as much of that because you don't have as much resources. And like, like Marilyn was saying, you're still operating on that depletion. Even my, my child's about to be 10. And I can see, mm-hmm. even though I raised her well, even though it, it turned out well, I want to do it completely different for my son. Because mm-hmm. I, I get to raise him on love now. Mm-hmm. Which is, it, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's completely different. And it, it helps because his, his father's here. Mm-hmm. So it, right. the outcome is different. The result is different for me as a mother. The result is different for the child and for the collective as a whole. Because we, we mm-hmm. get to cope differently. And I think mm-hmm. if my final thoughts on it would be when you're considering a mother who just had a child, consider the fact that she was a woman first. She was a woman before she was a mother. And for mm-hmm. black men, if you can just consider she was your woman before she was your child's mother. So when you're trying to figure out how to cope with her during postpartum or how to assist her, remember the things that you did for her before you had a child before she was carrying the child. Because that's that's one thing I can honestly say helps in my situation. Um, like you said, Montoya, everybody knows that I love the beach. So when I get to my lowest point, when I when I just need to regroup, I gotta be by some water. And that's one thing that my partner is he's always adamant about, like, we gotta get her to the beach. Because <laughs> if not, you know, you you just <laughs> You don't function as well. You you just got to remember to use the tools that, that helped you before the child. Because, yeah, the child is here now, but the child hasn't always been here. And although the mother is changing a little bit, she's still at her core is the same person, and she still has the same needs. Mm-hmm. So if black men can just remember. That sounds, like, yeah. nah, that's dope. No, nah, it sounds so I critical. And here's the thing. Yeah, here's the thing, even an example of getting you to the beach I just want to throw this out, and Marilyn, you please jump in, and I, I and I see you from following you that you're encouraged. Some will even hear what I'm saying, and it's not that I'm having everybody follow me. It's just culturally, it's, it's time to move the culture and really think about how we're bringing these children in the world. And so when I hear, you know, we're kind of laughing about Ashley needing to be near the water. Well, I can only mm-hmm. pull that off if I know this woman before she has my child. If I don't really Absolutely. know her. And know that she likes water, and because because I don't want anyone to confuse as much as even as as we hear uh, Ashley say to us, stay, which mm-hmm. is very critical, and is and I and I agree is absolutely the first step that we as African American men need to do. When she tells mm-hmm. us to stay, do please recall that she also said that her and Terrell were two whole people mm-hmm. coming together, so it made a huge mm-hmm. difference in how they're handling this situation. But if I you know, throw a baby in somebody I don't know that likes to be by the water. I never think to take about the water. We're fighting before I ever even know that that's a solution. Mm-hmm. So, again, just bringing some context is when you hear me, quote, unquote, hashtag, you know, push, in a sense, marriage before children. And I'm not, I mean, whatever concept of marriage you have, I'm just throwing it out. The bigger issue is figuring out who am I having a child with? And too many times mm-hmm. we're not figuring that out. And so when they hear someone like myself exactly. encourage, stay and be together, they're thinking mm-hmm. I'm saying, well, you're just supposed to stay and this person is this way. And I'm like, I was telling you, you're supposed to figure out who the hell it was before you had that child. <laughs> exactly. That's what people it's are skipping when they see my hashtag. It's the intentionality of Right. It. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. Because so, so, it's just a hashtag. Go ahead, Terrell, please jump in. Go ahead, King. 
Yeah, okay, because he's, I, I he's really big on too. intentionality. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so I just I. I wanted to talk a little bit about the collective too, and specifically just advice for men, like in this whole situation. And I'm I'm gonna be brief, um, but um, like you, the you first thing I would say time, is get it out. Yeah, go ahead and get it out, though, brother. Go ahead. Okay. The first thing I would say is just be responsible. Um, and what I mean by that is, it's it's a lot of what you guys already said. Ideally, you shouldn't be creating life with somebody you just you know just some random situation. Um, but also, even when it's not that situation, it, a, a lot of it is, I feel like a lot of men, we talk about how my girl is pregnant or she's pregnant, and sometimes that's in a good way or sometimes in a bad way amongst our boys or whatever. Mm-hmm. What, what you have to shift the dynamic to is y'all are pregnant. Um, and and no, what I mean by that is from start to finish, a lot of and I and I had a homeboy recently I got onto about this. He got somebody pregnant and it's not uncommon that you take this attitude of I'll either see you when the child support comes or I'll see you when the baby comes. But what I was trying to tell him is, no, she needs you right now. Like literally she needs you right now throughout the whole pregnancy. So y'all are pregnant. You need to sit down. You need to be with her, and you need to be pregnant th- throughout the whole process with her. Um, another thing is to be invested. What I mean by that is that goes to the point, I guess, of what everybody's saying about staying. The woman is watching you. Once she gives you the news, oh, I'm pregnant, she's literally looking like, how is he going to take this? Is this going to be a sense of dread? Is this going to be joy? Is it going to be happiness? And then more importantly, she's watching your actions. What are you doing now? Are you gearing up as if you have a child on the way, or are you in the wind doing whatever you're doing? Mm-hmm. Um, and then another tip I would have to do, and we don't do this enough as black men, is get help for ourselves. Whether you are a first-time dad or, like me, I've been a dad before, um, but regardless of which scenario you're in, you have a lot of emotions going on as well. Uh, this can be a challenging time for you. You need to talk to somebody about your feelings consistently. Not no one-time joint, not just a, a homeboy talk, and then y'all don't talk again to the baby kid. But literally, you need friends who going to check in on you every week. How you doing, bro? How you doing? What's going on with this? Because that helps you kind of to have, like, a little bit of a mirror. Talk about your situation. You get another perspective. Uh, but it helps to kind of push you along in the process. And so whether it's a former counselor, whether it's a group of, of friends or, or family members, mm-hmm. you need somebody to talk to. And here's the kicker. Talk to somebody who is committed to seeing the building of strong black families. Don't talk to these people now, who don't give a crap. <laughs> don't yeah, don't, don't talk cute. to these dudes who... Yeah, don't don't nah, talk make to the dudes who encourage you. Let, yeah, let me let Marilyn jump in here. Let me let because <laughs> I want to close this thing out with uh, Marilyn. Now, again, thank you uh, so much, Queen, for coming to this. But for you, with your expertise, we're going to give you the closing thoughts, um, you know, in a sense. After the baby, how can black men help us? We just heard this great plea from Terrell to other brothers saying, hey, here's your responsibility. But, Queen, just your thoughts from your position helping other couples get through this. I think um, what Ashley and Terrell have said is very um, important, definitely. Um, When it comes to the men, your presence is important. It is essential. Um, You see, just because you see 
black women out here doing it alone. Just because you watched your mother do it alone does not mean that that situation is ever ideal. It's not ever, ever, ever ideal for a woman to um, um, go through pregnancy alone, to give birth alone, and to raise children alone. It's not ever ideal. Uh, And um, it's essential for your presence. Your presence literally saves lives, (laughs) your the mother's life, and the child's life. Because as we said at the beginning of the show, um, the, the, the father's presence there um, and during, during pregnancy at the visits um, when they were allowed and when they were allowed again, presence, uh, your presence um, during labor, your presence at the visits for your baby after birth, all of those things bring such a higher level of respect for the mother, for her well-being when you're present. And there are things that you can see, things that you can understand um, in ways that the, the, the mother may not be able to. You know, you just bring a different perspective. It's so important for you to be there, and especially with the raising of the children. You know, you create boundaries around the mother that no, children how... may not be able to have otherwise. Mm-hmm. So no, that's um, key. It's, it's, but if you will, Marilyn, we are at the cl- yeah. yeah, we are at the close of the show. If you will, Queen, um, you help people with this these type of things all the time. So if you can give out your contact information at this time. For anybody out there listening, uh, please do so. Thank you, Ashley. Thank you, Terrell, for getting on with us as well. Uh, but, Marilyn, we're going to let you close out the show with your contact information so people can follow up and get more advice from you. Oh, absolutely. Um, I can be reached online. Um, my website is thepeacefulblackmama.com, and you can also find me on Facebook and Instagram at thepeacefulblackmama. And anywhere there, you can reach out to me via email um, or DMs or whatever if you um, want more information. But there's definitely um, those are the easiest ways to reach out to me. All right, sounds good. Ashley, are you still pushing your apparel? Can we throw that out real quick before we close it? Oh, definitely. Uh, free Black Law Apparel, you know, for all the social activists. Still pushing it, of course. Thank Ashley. you so much, Montoya. Bye. Nah, thank you, Queen. Dope. If you're an activist, you got to go to Free Black Law Apparel. You have to go see it. I love it. I rock that stuff as well. Thank you all so much. Thank you, Terrell, for staying on. We will see you all next Saturday. All I ask is that you think. All right. Thank you.